0: Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your hosts, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton.
1: Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode, episode 73, episode 73. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, and my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, what's up, buddy?
0: This has been my favorite week for the podcast, since we've started this show, it's um, it's great to be here with you, Landon. It's um, it's an honor just to sit here and talk to you. And um, you know, Landon, we've been through seventy something shows together, and uh, I'm looking forward to another you know seventy more.
1: Uh, just rub it in man just rub it in <laughs> uh, for our for our listeners we got some uh, some great reviews that came in except for one
0: no no uh, there's no there's a guy we have yeah read. well we have a fantastic review it, well, let me think our sponsors we been getting that which is of course Drilling info um go and start your free account with Drilling info and get 100 free dollars it is by going to global, inter- global energy courthouse that's globalenergymedia.com/courthouse get 100 free dollars by starting your account today also josh i forgot to mention this last week uh if you have a question or comment or concern you don't have to email us you can text or voicemail us to 318-599-9192 318-599-9192 and just say that it's for the texas oil and gas podcast with uh landed and run
1: well you know uh <laughs> 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 you know ryan I, uh, I i'm thinking about using my co-owner like veto card if for any reason, Cowboy a fifty dollars visa. Um, I'm I'm pulling the I'm pulling the co-owner card, and we're we're doing a redraw. But Look, uh, we got three great reviews that came in this week. Uh, one of them uh, was only halfway good. Uh, Cowboy Reed, he wrote a he wrote a review, and he said Ryan and Landon do a fantastic job of keeping us up to date on the happenings in the industry. They provide a semi-in-depth look that helps our company stay in the know and keep our minds working without getting lost in the technical details. Look forward to this every week.
0: Now, let me just stop right there. Cowboy before Reed. Before you say anything else, Cowboy Reed, if you would have included your name and company, I would have let y'all sponsor this episode for that post. I would have <laughs> let y'all sponsor it on my dollar, on the house, no fee. If you, Matter of fact, if you send in three one eight five nine 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 one nine two, just tell me, I'll give y'all a free episode on the house because that, sir, that or ma'am, possibly I don't know. That whomever you are was oh god, it just I, I took a picture of it, Josh. I put it on LinkedIn. It's you know I might frame it. It's it's just the best review we've ever had.
1: <laughs> dirty man, dirty. <laughs> but we got two two other reviews that came in, Ryan Dusty Maney. Uh, he gave us five star connecting the dots. Says uh, great podcast with tons of current industry information in my current role. I'm blessed to be able to travel to the Bakken, uh, the Scoop Stack, and Permian and Eagle Four while working for business partners. This allows me to keep up with the industry without sacrificing a ton of time. Great value. You can definitely see momentum building in the community you guys are building. Thanks for all your hard work using this is content, connecting dots for us. Dusty Manny, Distribution Now, D Now. Uh, so shout out to him, Dusty, and his company, D Now. And one more, Ryan, Michael Hespi, another five-star review. And um, Michael Hespi wrote, I've been working in the industry for one and a half years and worked for an operator in the San Juan Basin, currently attending Texas A&M for a master's in petroleum. When I started working in the industry, I had no oil and gas knowledge at all. My knowledge in the industry is limited, but this podcast has helped me combine my work experience and school experience together to understand what is going on in the industry today. I've learned aspects of the industry from listening to this podcast that is not taught in the classroom or the office during my early career. Both hosts are very knowledgeable in the industry. They do an awesome job to bring you to the news of the industry with an oil and gas point of view. Thanks for the content. Keep up the good work. Great review, Michael. We really appreciate it. We'll uh, and we'll continue to improve it. And also to Cowboy Reed, in spite of the name messed up and the Dusty, uh, thanks, guys. We really appreciate it, and y'all are going to be entered into the fifty-dollar gift card drawing. That's going to be drawn September the eleventh, right? It's, uh,
0: it's the it's the fourteenth. The fourteenth. September fourteenth. Yeah, yeah. Fourteenth yeah. is when that show is. And if you're new or not listening, all you have to do is leave us a rating and review. You have to leave something written like Cowboy, Dusty, and Michael did. Um, we can't figure out who leaves us the stars. We appreciate the stars, but you have to leave some written content as well to be entered for a chance for a $50 Visa gift card. Cowboy Reed, you get a free sponsorship of the show, 318-599-9192. Just let me know. that. That is, I don't know who did it, why they did it, but I love it. It's spectacular. It's spectacular. It's fantastic. You know, and a little bit of backstory here before we get into the show. The frustrate the thing that's so beautiful about this is, for a long period of time, I would go around to places, to conferences, and everyone would ask, "Where's Josh? Where's Josh? Where's Josh?" And it's good to see that the man of the people, Josh, is finally getting his respect. And um, and someone like you, who you know, you know, is not friendly to the listeners like I am. You know, they're 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 thumbing their noses at you. So it's um, yeah. it's encouraging.
1: I'm i a uh. A, a role reversal in this. I'm I'm foreseeing a review coming up at some point with your name messed up. Um I don't know who's going to be responsible for it, but
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> There might be another $50 drawing behind the scenes going on. Is what you're saying here. <laughs> hey, yeah. speaking of going around, Josh, I have um two things that I'm in the works that uh so we got a couple events I'm going to be at. I know at uh, the 20 holes uh golf event That's 20holes.com September 21st and we're working on the details but we're hoping that Sergio Champa will actually co-host from San Antonio there with me so hopefully have that. The other thing is is that I'm working tentatively on a deal to speak up in Oklahoma at a university there and speak at a university in Houston. And I don't want to announce the universities or anything yet just because we haven't finalized the deals. Um But hopefully have that information and be going around to those universities in early September. And if you want, you know, myself or, you know, if you want Landon to come, you can have Landon come too, uh, let me know. be happy to come and talk at your university or business. Um, Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com is the best way to get that. And, you know, when I get out there, Josh, um, it's exciting to go and talk to the college students just because, uh, you know, a lot of our a lot of our listeners are in that, not not college students, but they're in that age group college, fresh out of college, young professionals, and so it's always good to hear what uh, what they think about the industry.
1: Awesome, awesome. Hey, Ryan. Uh, just so I I, I don't forget, who is the winner of the second fifty dollars gift card? Did we have we have they reached out to claim their their gift cards? Yet
0: yeah, Garrett two two three has not reached out yet, Josh. So Ryan at globalenergymedia.com or 318-599-9192. Garrett, send me a message on there and we'll get you hooked up.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we got Garrett two two three. The first guy I'd never reached out either, Ryan. So uh
0: That money's he's, off he's the sp- table, yeah. That money oh, so, is off the table.
1: Yeah, we 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 gotta get these guys to, to say you know, they gotta be a little more faithful in the way they listen to the show. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, we appreciate the ratings and reviews, but you know, we try and get you paid around here. Trying to get you paid.
1: All right, Ryan. Well, you know, we got uh, we got uh, some several pieces of news that have come out this uh, this week, Ron. I mean, not to mention the the mergers and acquisitions—they were everywhere this week. I'm talking—we had deals happening left and right. Diamondback's been on fire. Uh, before we jump into some of that, though, Ryan, just wanted to take a take a minute and look at some of the news that's been uh, that's been circulating in the in the industry. Uh, the first one we have is a Houston. In- Industry news: American oil fields set new records as trade wars loom. Now, we've been talking a little bit about the trade wars. We talked about China tariffs. Uh, the way China is possibly going to go somewhere else for their LNG needs. Um, a lot of geopolitics involved in some of this. But overall, uh, America is setting new, uh, new, new records in terms of uh, in number of exports. So uh, n- million barrels per day of crude production. Um uh, we got a few. New- here 4.2 million barrels per day of natural gas 2.3 million barrels per day of crude oil exports it's a record i missed the first one ryan 10.7 million barrels per day of crude oil production 18 million barrels per day of gross refinery input there's just a lot of numbers here that indicate the overall our production is just through the roof and we're setting new records in just about every category uh so it's going to be interesting to see how some of this plays out in terms of the international relations with uh, with China, with Russia, with the Saudis, with OPEC. And um, it's just good to see that we have this going on. And I believe, I don't know if it's in this article, it might be in another one that we're going to pull up next, Ryan. But it says that it's anticipating that we're going to be in the number one in oil production, uh, I believe, by the end of 2019. And we're going to be uh, dominating, I think they said, 75% of natural gas um for the next five years. I, I don't I don't know if those numbers are just absurd, but if if they're if they're anywhere close to right, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of lot to, to dissect here and you know the 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 frustrating thing about pieces like these are they paint with broad strokes and, and so there's there's a lot of true facts obviously. Um but when you talk to people maybe from outside the US especially, one of the things that they point out is is that you know, U.S., there's only so much light, sweet crude to, that's needed in the world to blend with the heavier crudes. And so they look at some of these numbers, and what they say to, to people um, on the state side, if I'm talking to them or whomever's talking to them, is they'll say, yeah, well, you guys can produce it, but no one needs it. Um, they don't need that much. And that's really the question, Josh, when I look at all this stuff, is that how much... Are those people right? I'm not in the refineries part of the business. I don't really understand. I mean, I don't really understand um, the numbers like some of these guys do, who buy and sell oil for refineries for a living. So they obviously have a lot more insight than I do. Um, and I see what they're saying. I'm not sure if they're right or not, but I see what they're saying. And, and their basic point is, is that hey, you know, you guys can produce all this oil in the U.S., but but it's just not needed. And I think that's really the, the interesting thing. Is, is so. Um, if let's say for just for argument's sake, let's say that the U.S. could be the number one oil producer and the number one natural gas producer. Um, natural gas is different, but oil, um, especially, is, is is the problem. Is is the question? The question is rather: Is do we actually need that much oil? Not 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 from the standpoint of does the world need X amount of oil? The answer is yes. The question is: is Does the world need that much of our oil? And that's what they're saying is not true. And they kind of chastise us, saying that America. American media doesn't really talk about that properly, um, and they do have a point because not a lot of articles actually get into that. They kind of glaze over that fact, so it's really hard when you read some of this stuff to go, "Okay, where is where are things going to head?" Now, here's what we do know: is that as long as the demand for oil increases, then there will be a need for the type of oil that the U.S. produces because it blends with their heavier oil. So, we, so as long as demand is going up, um, then you know, you, you, you know, obviously we'll we'll have we'll. we'll We'll have a, a continued need for our product, um, but that doesn't mean that if Venezuela goes off, that we can 100% with U.S. will replace Venezuela's oil or Iran's oil. Um, I don't know about Angola and Libya or Nigeria. i do not sure what kind of oil they produce. Um, probably are heavier, if I had to guess. But anyways, so when you read some of these numbers about Venezuela going down, that's fine. But the refineries, as they're built right now, aren't made to handle um, the excess of oil. So, so that's what I worry about more than anything else. Is that prices could rise, things could continue to grow, but I'm not really sure how all that shakes out. And when I ask people here in the states, I kind of gotten some mixed impressions. Um, we'd love to get on a guest to talk about this. So if you have an experience with um, the different blends of oil and uh, the global, you know, the global need for the type of oil we produce, I would love to talk to you because it's an interesting question and one that I think kind of gets glazed over. And everyone says, well, you know, it's, it's you know, we're producing oil, they're producing oil they quit producing oil we're producing more oil it's all the same and i don't think at least from what i hear from international people that's not what they're looking at saying they're looking at saying hey guys you're producing us oil but we don't need that type of oil
1: yeah you know it makes me it makes me wonder how that is gonna i mean I, I've, I've heard some that some of these refineries um they're they're specific to the sort of oil being produced in these areas like you mentioned and there's going to be certain restraints um different different refineries are set up for maybe heavier crudes instead of lighter crudes and um yeah just uh in terms of overall output is there a possibility that that we might over over drill and and uh and end up driving prices down uh, which we don't want to do that either right
0: so that's an interesting question and that's kind of when you look at the supply glut globally that we had a couple years ago you, you look that and a lot of people said well it's, you know, the Saudis did it or the Permian producers did it or, or whatever. And it's like, you know, but it seems like that we, we talk about the oil industry as it's just, you know, kind of one monolithic type thing. And that's just not the case. And it makes it very hard to parse out some of these facts when you look at them kind of with hindsight. You're trying to figure out exactly how much of this was to play. Um, here's what I do think, Josh. I, I do think, barring a global recession, that for the next two or three years, um, it looks good. And prices might continue to climb up to 90 and potentially some are predicting $100 a barrel next year. Um, the other thing is is that Permian, we're expecting Permian produce, production to, to taper off the second half of the year because of the pipeline constraints. And so I don't know if it will, but that's kind of what everybody's expecting is that it's going it's to either level off or reduce. So then you try to factor that in. Well, how much will it reduce by, um, and then when do they ramp back up, and things like that. And this article even talks about that. It says it expects stuff to plateau for the next two uh, next two years. And then uh, after 2020, they kind of, they kind of, uh, they don't make a prediction. Final thing I'll say is that anytime you're trying to predict the market, you know, it is, um, I'll give you a story, Alfonso and I on the one gas market recap, we kind of said we think WTI would trade between $50 and $70, $50 and $70. That's a $20 swing for the entire year. And we missed that out like the first, what, three months of the year, four months of the year. It busted $70. So, you know, that's a $20 swing, and it was at 55 we made the prediction. Um, so, you know, when you, the further you get out, the harder it is to predict what's going to happen. You might can predict to the end of the year, not exactly the price, but kind of a range with some accuracy. When you get out from a year from now, you know, because think about this. If in three months Trump strikes a deal with Iran and they ramp up production, well, your prediction was based on either they do do that or they don't do that, and you can have two predictions, right? Well, what if they do? What well, if they don't? Well, what if Venezuela gets their act together and then they start producing more oil, or um, Libya, or some of these other places? Or what if um, you know these countries the sanctions go, but they violate them? And you know you, you, the geopolitical stuff makes it so hard to figure out what is going to happen. Or you wake up tomorrow and one of these economies crashes, like China's economy are crashed, just goes out in flames the next you know two months. Well, that that shift is that shifts the numbers so dramatically that you really can't predict it. So I think a safe thing to say is that you know next couple years it looks pretty good, barring some kind of global recession. And um, that's what the article says.
1: Yeah, and I think too this next article is going to bring shed a little light on some of the things that are going on on the global scale. Uh, This this article is from Gulf News Analysis, and it says the U.S. is tilting the global balance in oil and gas. And just a little snippet from uh, from the article this year the has turned into the world's largest oil producer alongside top exporters, Saudi Arabia and Russia, all due to its booming shale oil industry. Uh, it signals a significant transition and one with economic and political implications. This is the one that talks about some of the geopolitical aspects of the the oil um, trade and import and exports of the countries. And we talk a lot about that, Ryan. A lot of people don't realize the politics that's behind some of this oil and gas trade business. Uh, but the 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 article is, in in general, saying that oil has been dominated by the Middle East and Russia for quite some time, and the U.S. is kind of balancing that more so now than it has in a long, long time, maybe ever. Uh, So overall, I think that is giving the U.S. a a little bit more uh, leverage in the way we can interact with some of these uh, some of these different countries, but I think that the politics of all of this is going to be the most powerful factor that we have a hard time tracking because some of it is uh, a lot of subterfuge with with the way things are handled. Um, a lot of stuff's going on, you know, beneath the scenes, uh, kind of things that we're we're not tracking as well. Where a lot of these oil and gas moves are actually political, and there are other countries putting the squeeze on uh these different areas so uh overall i thought the article was great we're going to link to it in the show notes and um and if you want to go check some of it out there's a lot of information there um when you read over the 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 article ryan what were i mean the the things that really stood out to you the most in terms of what to expect and the way the u.s is kind of balancing the old market
0: yeah i think you make a great point let's just talk about china and Iran specifically. And for some listeners that might be going, Hey, why are you talking about this? This Texas text and gas podcast. We've got plenty of Texas stuff coming up, but these things are kind of important with what's going on right now. Um, so China right now, the, the, some of the, some of the folks going back to kind of international people who buy and sell oil that I've talked to. Um, one of the things that they said was that the only reason China was buying the volume of oil from the U S as it was, it was buying was from political pressure. And I think we talked about this a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. So, the question is, Josh, is that we move forward, does China start buying that oil again? If they do, then, like you say, it, so let's, say, let's take this two steps. So if that person is correct and the only reason they're buying it is for political pressure, but then they start buying it again for political pressure, then for Texas producers, that's a win, right? Um, it doesn't really matter why they're buying it. Texas producers get it out. They get to sell it. It's a win for them. If they don't start buying it, though, then the question is, well, who picks up that spot in the marketplace? You know, who picks up this um, buying the, of, the, of, the, of our oil in the marketplace? And that's kind of the fear. So we talk about all this stuff. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of political things that are going at play here. Um, we would like the free market to work, but as we've seen that you know, especially President Trump, he tries to get um, the U.S. allies to buy our energy. For strategic military reasons, more than maybe economic reasons, Um, and so as we go forward, it's gonna be interesting to see. Hey, you know, how do these countries make these deals? That's what I think is interesting about the about the LNG contracts, is they're so long term. They're 25 years. You know, they're very long term contracts, and you know, if you start making LNG contracts with people for for 25 years, you're not gonna want to go to war with those people. You know, you 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 want to work with them, and that's kind of what Trump's point's been with. Um, the EU is, he says, hey, guys, the U.S. is pumping all this money into NATO, and you are buying your energy from Russia. What sense does that make? Let us cut off your energy, and then what are you going to do? Um, and so that's kind of his point there. So you, you, you're, you're dead on that a lot of this stuff does go back to geopolitics, and the the deals that we're going to be watching for, a state, for the state of Texas is what happens with Iran and what happens with China over the next few months. Because uh, the China thing probably is the biggest for us, but, um, you know, even if the China deal doesn't work out, um, you could see some some growth in the market from Texas's perspective with the Iran deal. But uh, I think the China's really important to get China back to buying U.S. oil.
1: Yeah, and you know, looking at looking at some of that run, tracking the the way these numbers are gonna gonna all play out. Uh, some of it is just we're gonna have to wait and see how how some of these tariffs. I mean, we talked a little bit last week, really at length last week about China's tariff deal and. Uh, what Trump's angle is, and whether he's going to be successful in trying to get to the result that he's looking for, because it's not no guarantee that he's actually going to accomplish what he's trying to accomplish. It could all blow up, and in that in that event, it's going to, it's going to be different. Uh, the The results are just really. I would say up in the air uh, is is where we're going to land on some of those issues. Well, Ryan, we have uh, another article here as well, HPPR. uh, Texas oil industry experts say Mexico's plan to halt fuel imports won't have immediate impact. So we've been talking about uh, early on with the EPIC pipeline, there were going to be some Mexico-Texas cross-border pipelines possibly. There's a, a lot of a lot of stuff in, in talks about how uh, Texas was going to help supply some of the energy needs to Mexico. I say it, that's a very crude way of putting it. Uh, but there's a new president uh, that was just elected in Mexico, and he's trying to reverse a lot of these um, energy advancements that have, that have been made in Mexico. So uh, the title of the article is Texas oil industry experts say Mexico's plan to halt fuel imports won't have an immediate impact. So they are going forward with it. They are trying to halt these imports from from the US into Mexico. Uh and for reasons that are befuddling to me. But the article is implying that this is not gonna affect our industry really in any way because we haven't been we haven't been basing our numbers, our predictions on the Mexican imports. Uh oil and gas
0: yeah first thing i think it was endeavor that had the pipeline to mexico i'm not i'm not 100 sure on that um sergio chapa is the the man that could if uh me a message i think it's endeavor who had that pipeline going to mexico but your, your point's right now so here's what's interesting josh here's what's interesting so let me let me take this from two different perspectives first off um i think it's a terrible idea so let me just say that um second off Here's what's interesting, and this is where I think, you know, as we look at it from a standpoint of, you know, kind of geopolitical thing, you know, Americans right now are having a debate internally about how do we buy and sell goods. And we just talked about President Trump. He's on Harley-Davidson right now and other people about, you know, buying America stuff, stuff made in America, sold in America by Americans. Well... Mexico is saying the same thing now. Okay, hey, we want to produce our own oil. We want to make our own gas. We want to, you know, uh, have our own um, gasoline and diesel products here in the U- in, in Mexico, and we look at that and go, "That's a bad idea. You need to buy ours." And, and so, it's really interesting. Now, I, I think, uh, I think both of those ideas are bad on both sides of the uh, of the border, just for the record, because that's how economics work. But that's the story for the other day. Here's the reality. You know, we tell if if this article is right by twenty twenty one. If I was um, sitting here, my prediction is is that I don't know how long the uh, Mexican presidency terms last. So I don't know, um, but a lot can change by twenty twenty one. And if the people in Mexico um, don't have gas and diesel to drive their cars and trucks by twenty twenty one, you know, this stuff will will blow away. So I think it's. I think the problem is. Is that how long? You know, so can Mexico actually get production up, up and going, um, and turn their industry around so that they can take care of themselves? I don't know. It seems unlikely, but you know, if they can, more power to them. And if they can't. How long do they wait before they come back and ask for help? Um, but you know, I think that's it. I think there's one of these articles. If you look at it, you go, it's it's more disheartening because we talked about Mexico and how we think it's good for um, Mexicans uh, to to buy and sell goods in the U.S. and the U.S. to buy and sell goods in Mexico, and we think that's a very the, the cross border relationships are very important, and um, you hate for either side to kind of mess that deal up. And so I don't know. It's um. It's um. It's very low right now, and I think um, you know, it's something we can follow, but it'll be a little while before. All right,
1: Ryan. Well, I tell you, the Texas Roundup today, we're going to be talking about lots of murders, acquisitions, jobs, any news that we think uh, is, is worth commenting on, uh, just so that our listeners kind of have a snapshot of what's going on in the industry, specifically around the Texas market. Well, today's probably going to be the biggest Texas Roundup we've ever done, Ryan. There has been news coming out, it seems like, a couple of articles every day uh, almost. So we're going to go ahead and kick it off with uh, uh, Carrizo buys Permian land from Devon in a $215 million deal. Uh, So they bought that. uh, It's a Houston-based company. Carrizo is buying 10,000 net acres uh, uh, from Devon Energy, $215 million. Uh, Diamondback's been on fire, I believe it was last Friday Ron, where I talked about – they They bought Ajax Resources for one point two billion. Well, that was uh, that was small potatoes. This week, they are buying a, a their rival, Energen Corp, for nine point two billion dollars, point two billion dollars., uh, just a caveat, Ryan, I saw what they bought Engen. I saw two different numbers out this week. I think one was eight point four billion and one was nine point two billion. I'm going with Reuters, uh, and and their nine point two billion dollar. I think that was more accurate. I don't know if you saw that, but I saw. That's a
0: couple hundred million dollars, you know. At yeah, that point, at that point, yeah,
1: chump Change, chump Change, Shall $800 hundred million dollar difference. That's uh, small stuff, man. <laughs> if you're Diamondback, it's no big.
0: It's not even a whole billion. It's not even a whole I, billion, Josh.
1: That's right. That's right. So Diamondback, they they are taking their aggressive approach, and it looks like it's working for them. So I, I I'm interested to see. This is where they're either about to knock it out of the park or they're really putting putting a burden on themselves with all these deals so i'm really anxious to see how these deals turn out the end of the year because they may set themselves up as one of the one of the major powerhouses in the industry i mean they're already pushing it but um it's a interesting to see they're definitely fun to watch i i've enjoyed watching the diamondback moves this year
0: If anyone from Diamondback listens to the show, we would love to have you guys on because we followed y'all stuff from afar. And, I mean, just would love to get you guys on and, you know, just just chat a little bit about it. I did share real quick, I think on LinkedIn, Josh, um, a link to the presentation with the Diamondback by Ener- energy. Now, Ener- Energy's not a big name like a ConocoPhillips or whatnot, but they're a big they were a big company out there for um, a Permian, kind like of a local Permian producer. They have a lot of acreage, and uh, it's a very it's one of those names, one of those moves that may not catch a lot of people's ear if you're not familiar with energy, But uh, yeah, that's a very strategic move.
1: Yeah, hey, Ryan, we had some uh, some technology advancements. Uh, I say technology advancements. There was a disruptive upstart set to replace Google Earth and Texas oiling. And- fields uh this uh industry or i said this industry at Nate there was a announcement that there was a new technology that many of the in the texas industry were starting to transition to and it's called ai prime i'm going to link to it in the show notes i've been taking a look at it. Uh, it it really looks awesome i mean the the clarity with some of these images uh I, i'm interested to see how wide or, or what the what the scale is is it just something that's only texas or does this thing cover the whole earth like google earth does i i I wonder looking at these images they are very clear the clarity is much better and they're updated more often um so any any listeners that have, you know that interest in google earth go take a look at this ai prime it's it's really cool uh, really cool stuff and it looks like it's going to start making some waves in the oil and gas industry i don't know if you've had a chance to check it out ryan but it's it's they did a good job
0: no it looks great i haven't we uh I said to some of my people at the office Said, hey, go and check this out because it looks pretty good.
1: And that next one, Ron, we have our good friend, Sergio Chapa. He wrote some articles this week about some M&A, some mergers and acquisitions and, and deals happening that I didn't necessarily see. This one is nearly 78,000 acres of Permian Basin oil leases going up for bid. 78,000 acres of Permian Basin oil leases. That is enormous, Ron. I mean, that is just crazy that that many… That kind of acreage is going up. Uh, that I wonder. Uh, I wonder who some of the major players are going to be that move in. I bet you Diamondback gets in on some of that. Diamondback, acreage. yeah.
0: <laughs> if Diamondback buys that energy, uh, buys that acreage, we might as well just shut this thing down and it's call it the Diamondback Podcast because <laughs> 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 they're going to be in all the headlines. I uh, I would be surprised if Diamondback pulls it off, but uh, but that would be insane if they did go buy that land.
1: Yeah, just let me. I, that'd be um, unbelievable. Which I don't see them making moves that aggressive, honestly, with some of the constraints with the with the supply lines that that really need to be there. Uh, but who knows? Uh, we'll 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 keep you posted and and see. You know, try to track who uh, who ends up securing those leases for for the Permian. That's major. So, acre- how, how
0: many? How many acres? How many acres was it again? Seventy-eight
1: thousand acres.
0: Okay, so according to this they paid sixty five thousand dollars an acre for energy's prop energy's property um and so that's 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 a lot of zeros there it was like five billion dollars if they're buying it at that price
1: yeah yep.
0: so if they got another five billion just just laying around i mean then they could go pick it up what's
1: diamondback man they just just poor
0: just oh, this, this holler at your boys and just chunk us you know 500 million yeah you know,
1: just don't even need the whole billion do Don't even need, don't need
0: a whole billion don't even need a whole billion
1: <laughs> well we have another one right now uh this one is cheneer cpc corp inc uh 25 year lng supply deal 25 uh, year lng supply deal so this is good news for natural gas uh especially the natural gas coming out of the permian uh, it's good news with some of the constraints and um the tensions that are associated with China, so it's good that we're making yep. deals outside of China. Uh, with
0: and real quick on this, Josh, is that you know Shaneer as we know, has the Sabine Pass in Louisiana, and they have the the spot down the port by the port of Corpus Christi. Um, we haven't talked about the port lately, but this is, this is another reminder of why we've got to stay on folks to get this deal done. Um, we want that. We want the LNG coming out of the United States. Period. But uh, if we can get some out of Louisiana and out of Texas, that would be a good deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we got Oxy Ryan selling Midstream as terminal to a Houston companies. Uh, Houston-based Oxy is selling several of its midstream assets in two separate deals to Houston-based companies financed by a San Antonio-based venture capital firm. Uh, Lotus Midstream. They've come up several times over the last couple of months. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be acquiring Oxy Centurion Pipeline, which is a 3,000-mile crude oil pipeline system, and the Southeast Mexico crude oil gathering system, which is about 50 miles of crude oil pipelines. So. Oxy is uh, getting rid of some of its some of its assets around the area, and I'm wondering, you know, if, is that just to increase profit margin, or is that because they're trying to make place where and free up some capital? Who knows? Uh, but something that we definitely want to keep track of and uh, and see what their plans are for, you know, maybe the third and fourth quarters this year. And uh, Ryan, I think this. So we got two more, two more. One, uh, Conoco Phillips to cut U.S. staff in September. Not great news, but. Uh, ConocoPhillips, Phillips six are going to be trying to get rid of some of their staff in September this year. And for what I understand, Ryan, you know a lot more about this. Is it is it because of the end of the year they're trying to get rid of, some of what they're paying out to, to protect some of their profit for the year? Uh, as I know I know you mentioned that at the end of the year, sometimes the, um, the the billable hours get get pretty tough on companies because there's not a lot going on.
0: Yeah. If it sounds like from what they've said is that this has been kind of a ongoing business strategy at ConocoPhillips to kind of reduce their overhead, if you will. Um, And this is just part of that process. Here's what I would say, though, if you. So two things or three things, maybe Um, one Sometimes it really helps a vendor to hire someone who works for a company, um, not necessarily to go work for, back for that company. So you might hire someone from Conoco, and maybe you can get work with Conoco, maybe you can't. But it also can help help you with new uh, clients or existing clients to get into new areas that you want to work in. So let's say that you're doing, um, you know, you know whatever your task is, but you want to get this new business going. Well, depending on who they're going to lay off at ConocoPhillips, Phillips you know it might be the opportunity you could go hire with that person to start up this new portion of your business because they worked for ConocoPhillips so they have this kind of um, rep, uh, rep, resume with them already that says yeah I've done you know processing or, or whatever it is you're looking to do um, um, for ConocoPhillips. The second thing is, is the flip side of that with ConocoPhillips employees if you're listening I I would start, you know, I'm sure you're already doing this, but to make sure you use that to your advantage when you're going out there trying to find a job. Is that you did work for Chronicle Phillips? You do have a lot of connections. You do kind of have this um, this thing, and there's probably plenty of companies that would want you. So I hope every, everyone out there finds a job. If there's anything Josh and I can do to help you, uh, feel free to reach out. We can't promise anything, obviously, but um, we always try to help out our listeners anytime we can. And uh, so anyway, so yeah, I I but when I, when I read this article, I go, I wonder who they're relaying off because, you know. If you're looking to maybe just, like I said, kind of diversify a little bit, you might just start with someone getting laid off from ConocoPhillips um, that would fit exactly what you're wanting to do. And then when you go to this new client, you say, Hey, we do this business. And we've got, um, you know, Teresa here from ConocoPhillips. Everyone goes, Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Teresa's with ConocoPhillips. You know, that brings some instant credibility.
1: Yep. And Ryan, we have the last one here South Texas. South Texas drilling permit roundup. Colorado-based oil company. This is U.S. Energy Corp. is uh, looking for a black gold in the Eagleford shale of South Texas. So it's U.S. Energy Corp., based out of Colorado, is making some moves in the Eagleford. Uh, so they're they're a company that if uh, they may have some opportunities coming up, you know, in the in the Texas area as they're trying to make some some moves to drill in the Eagleford
0: man we just give out all kinds of good stuff today josh it's been a busy week man it's crazy what's been going on with the industry and um i know we got the we, got, we still got the rig count and uh and a couple other things but it's been a busy week for sure and uh hopefully by the end of august some of this stuff will kind of level off you know
1: yeah yeah i, I, I hope that uh i mean i love seeing the deals happen but i just uh, i hope that uh, you know that it's something that brings stability and that they pushes really through the in the 2019, I hope there's just uh, a, a plenty of work. Everybody has jobs, and I just hope that, that the the market stays stable, and uh, and we don't have some political stuff going and mess it up. Man, that's the main concern for me at this point. Is I think everything is primed to just for have a great year and a half, two years here in the industry. is fantastic for the industry. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't go mess it up, politicians.
0: That's all you people are good for.
1: Least, so. <laughs> well, our recount for the week, Ryan, is one thousand one hundred and thirty-five. it's hanging in pretty steady. I believe it's down just a little, but uh, they're hanging in. Uh, the count has been been pretty stable for the last couple of months. It hasn't been up or down much, much, much at all, really.
0: Okay, well, that is about it. Just a reminder, I will be at the 20 Holes event, September 21st, 20 com. That's number 20holes.com. We'll be at a couple of universities. Hopefully, we'll work on those announcements. Maybe by next Friday, we'll have those. I'm not No promises, but that's kind of what we're working on. And uh, speaking there about jobs and stuff in the industry and whatever. Whatever is of interest for those days, uh, it feels like the news changes so often. Question, comment, or concern, 318-599-9192. Just pick up your phone, send a text or a voicemail, save it for the Texas Long Gas Podcast so we know, and uh, we'll get your question or voicemail or whatever it is on the show. Final thing, um, don't forget to leave a rating review in iTunes so you can get... A chance to win her the fifty dollars of gift card. Uh, Garrett two two three. Don't forget to email us, contact us, so we can get you lined out for that. And uh, you know, um, thanks again to Cowboy Reed and whoever they work for, because that was just I am on cloud nine. So, anyways, uh, Josh, uh, I guess that's a wrap, huh, man? Yeah, I think
1: that's it, man. I think uh, I think we covered quite a bit of stuff this week. Hopefully, people aren't bored next week. It probably won't be uh, quite so fast paced.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Keep climbing.